Hello ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to VUX World, the practical voice podcast. This episode of VUX World is brought to you by the Conversational Academy. It is the place that I would recommend you go to learn the ins and outs of conversational design and VUI design. I've been doing the course myself. I'm probably about I would say about four weeks in, I've been doing it most mornings. I haven't stuck to it as religiously as I wanted to initially, but I have stuck with it. And that's the pleasure of this course is that you can actually do it at your own time, at your own pace, in and around your own habits. So sometimes I've been doing it on a morning first thing when I wake up at five in the morning while the baby's in bed. I've even been doing it while I've been on my way to work, walking to work on a morning, just in my headphones, watching the videos on my phone. It's absolutely fantastic. It's done by Robocop. And the presenter is Hans Van Dam, who's been on the podcast in the past. And he's a really good presenter. He explains things in a really easy to understand and easy to digest way. He's got a really good pace and really good cadence. It's really easy to follow. The course itself is full of the one thing that I've been really looking for. And because the conversation design is quite a relatively new concept to a lot of people, the hardest part of it is understanding what kind of templates to use and what kind of documentation to use during the process of designing that conversation. And this course includes templates, it includes diagrams, it includes, you know, theoretical models, it includes the whole lot. It's absolutely everything you will need to go from zero to conversation design hero. Even if you're a VUI designer, even if you're a conversation designer, I can pretty much guarantee there's going to be things in there that you would even find interesting and you will even learn from as well. So whether you're a newbie to the industry and you want to upskill to try and make a transition from your current role into being a conversation designer, or whether or not you're working in the industry and you want to top up your skill sets and learn something new, this course is immense for you. You can get it yourself if you want to get it you could just follow the link in the show notes and the link is also on the web page um, and if you're at a company and it's your job to be doing this kind of stuff then give the company a little knock on the shoulder and say look this is an investment it's training and it is really really worth it set yourself up for the role of the future visit the link in the show notes and the link on the website if you're listening on the website and join the conversational academy this episode of VUX World is with Dave Izbitsky, Amazon Alexa, Chief Evangelist. Now, we get into some real detail and we have an immense conversation, myself and Dustin, with Dave, all about how brands are thinking about voice at the C-suite level and how Amazon and Dave are advising brands to think about voice from a strategic standpoint, from an internal resourcing standpoint, from a visioning standpoint, from a practical standpoint. This is full of the kind of advice that you will get if you bring Davis Bitsky into your C-suite meetings and you speak to him about voice. It's all on tape, all right in front of you. I'm not going to say much more than that. We also have a, a, a new segment uh, which we've introduced for this episode where we've got listener questions. So thank you, everyone who's submitted your questions for Dave. We I think we managed to get through just about all of them and it's worked really, really well. So stick around towards the end of the episode. The last kind of 15 minutes or so is Dave answering all of your questions. So thank you again for submitting them. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dave Izbitsky on VUX World. VUX World. VUX World. VUX World. VUX World. Branding with the big faces. I love listening to it. King Sims. King 
Kane Sims. Kane Sims, the one and only. Britain's finest, Mr. Kane Sims. Dustin. Dustin. Dustin Coates. I like it when you guys are together and talking about boys. Without further ado, welcome to the show. What are you playing these days? I am playing, well, it's funny, man. I, um... I was just talking about this on another podcast. I, uh, there's so much retro of like 15 to 20 years ago when MMOs started. Uh-huh. So I was playing, I've been playing EverQuest, which is like what I started off doing a while ago, mm. um, which was the beginning of it all. Right. And then I was just in the world of Warcraft classic beta. So I started doing that. So it's like, I'm playing these old MMO, like RPG games right, right. and loving it, man. And then, um, with my, uh, um, like my regular stuff is the new Elder Scroll online mm. expansion just came out elsewhere, which has dragons and stuff. So okay. I've been rocking that too. Uh, but it's weird. Like every time I go, I mean, this may have a new, every time I go to play a game, I wind up like an hour or two on YouTube. Oh, like, that so? I, I just sat down and go game. And then I'm like watching videos about stuff, you know? So, <laughs> right. It's a vicious YouTube loop, isn't it? Yeah. How are you, man? It's good to uh, finally meet. Yeah, yeah. Nice to see you. Very good, very good. It's nice to see Dave Izbitsky's lair, finally. I've heard so much about it on so many podcasts. It's nice to see it in the flesh. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, um, yeah, Sam Manchin knows, like, we were, he's a big Amiga guy, so we, we talked all about the different Amigas I have in here. And uh, it's funny, when I used to do office hours, I used to put up a screen, uh, and that was like in my old house. So it looked very professional. And it, and I was like, you know what? This is like part of the appeal is like seeing what the little studio looks like now. And so now I just have, and this is one camera um, that's right there. And if I switch, let me see if you, it'll come up. If I switch to this one. And then do you see, it's like right there. It's a flying Alexa superhero. It's like too dark when I switch to this camera, but it's like, it's literally right there at the top. Um, so there's like, so what, all is it? like it's, real- it's, it's, what is it? An echo or an actual figurine? Yeah, that's the, um, I'm a super dev or something like, like when we, we had a contest um, and it, you basically got an action. Like I have all these action figures. Like I have, I collect, I have these, you know, here's arrow. I don't know if you're a DC fan, green arrow. And then I have like, here's sour fang from wow. So this is like a, so this is my desk that you can't see all over here. Mm -hmm. So that's basically what the Alexa is. It's a figure. It's not a doll. Um, (laughs) that, uh, has, looks like a superhero. It's taped or I'd bring it over. (laughs) <laughs> it might have been one of those things where the marketing team only ran it in the US which is why you all may not have seen it that's not a bad shout because there's quite a lot of them little figures for all kinds of like um, all kinds of comic characters isn't there? I know a mate of mine collects them yeah yeah, yeah, yep. yeah 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 I'm not a big my kids are big pops I like collect the DC ones so I have like Arrow and Flash and then I have a Skyrim one over there one of my favorite games too yeah I'm missing out on this I used to collect caps is what I used to collect. Like, oh yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally. used to have my room all caps all land across the. Uh, oh, nice man! You have to rebuild. You have to rebuild. I do. What about I, you, Dustin? Are you are you uh, are you collecting anything in particular? No, no. I Marie Kondo in my apartment, so everything's <laughs> everything's gone. <laughs> I had my old house. I lost what I had in the basement, and so this was like a. I went overboard <laughs> to like get it all back and make it better than before. And so it's like I was on a mission to make it super cool. 
Yeah. That's what I need to do in this place. It's looking a bit plain here. I've got a whiteboard there, and I'm waiting I to put this. I don't know if you see that poster down here, but I'm I saw that. Was that super one. cool, man. Yeah, all yeah. the like little episodes and stuff. Yeah, that's I love right. It. Yeah. So after this one, this this that's the commemorative year one poster. Year two poster, your face will be on it. We'll have to oh, send one over. There's too much of my face around. I get tired <laughs> of seeing my face. I was going to say you could put it up in in your office. You might, it might fit. It might fit there. It might not look quite in place with the all the world of yeah. Warcraft pictures and that. Like, but uh, I'll I'll put it. The other side is like more business. That's where like the diploma and the other stuff is. Because like when I'm in there, then my head starts thinking about work, and nobody wants that when they're at night. You just want to enjoy video games and relax, right? <laughs> exactly. Cool. <laughs> well, congrats on the success too, man. Congrats. I. I uh, I'm so excited to see what you've all done and the community. And it's part of the reason why I stopped um, doing so much of the Alexa dev chat. I was like, you guys are all rocking it. I don't want to grab guests. Like I want to like go on other podcasts. And you may have picked up on like, I've been going on things versus pulling people in. And I'm, I'm doing more episodes now. I'm trying to get people that normally wouldn't go and get approved to talk. Cause I think mm. maybe that's what I can do. Right. People that you all can't grab from Seattle. I can go and find them and do that kind of stuff. But mm. man, it's awesome to see. Yeah, um, it's been, it's been going, it's been going really well. I do, I do miss the, uh, the Alexa dev chat though. I think what was different about that is that it was, it was a little bit like this is panning out. I mean, we'll just crack on with this and start recording this if you're quite happy. I've been recording yeah, yeah. since the beginning, so we'll, we'll kind of just crack on. But I think that's what I liked about... Yeah, nothing's... Um, uh, you know me, I'm an open book. You can share the whole thing. I don't, it's all yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. That's, what, that's what I'm saying. That's, that's, this, is, this is kind of what the Alexa Dev Chat stuff was like. It's kind of like not a... Um, some of our episodes are reasonably kind of like... Um, would some of them are quite polished in a sense often whereas those right. ones are a lot more conversational a lot more kind of laid back you tell a lot of personal stories and that it's uh, yeah. yeah it's good yeah that's what I try to do in my talks too is just kind of share much to the chagrin of my friends and family is like all the stuff that's actually happening you know all the funny like stories and things that uh, we've encountered and I did I actually uh, I muted all my Alexa devices I'm just checking yep everything is good so we won't hear her uh, talking when I say Alexa. Um, but yeah, man, thanks. I, um, I'll do some more of it. And I have my own too, because I realized I had a lot more to say that wasn't just about voice. That's about being a middle-aged dad and all the mistakes I've made and all the things that have me worried and how do I define success and happiness and all that kind of stuff. And so that thing, um, as soon as I can get off my butt and trim it down, uh, hopefully like within the next two weeks will be out. That's and awesome. so that, yeah, that's like me and my mate from college. So it's like somebody I've known for almost three decades. Um, and like, he's, he's gone through some stuff in his life too. So it's like good perspectives to see. Mm. And we're not solving anything. It's just good to talk about it, you know? And it's funny when you start talking about it, because there's other dads that like are, they haven't thought about the same thing, you know, like, like just somebody verbalizing, talking about it, like, oh wait, maybe that's why I feel this way. So mm. hopefully it'll help somebody. Which is why I do this to begin with, right? to help myself. It's like therapy. Even this is like therapy. It's like fun. Like I have this need to talk. Right. Um, but hopefully it'll help somebody else too. Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, you've, um, as you mentioned, been on quite a lot of the other podcasts over the right recent kind of weeks. So I think there's the voice summit podcast, which was good. I'd recommend people check that out. Voice bot as well. You're on there relatively recently. I'd recommend people check that out. And also Alexa in Canada as well. You're on that one. So I think there's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, you've been kind of doing the rounds lately. There's Omar too. I was just in Hamburg. So Omar okay. should hit, uh, I recorded that. It was, Omar was crazy. It reminded me of like Cologne with Gamescom, like just a lot of people and um, 
just like food trucks and stuff like outside, you know, and lots of beer. And uh, it, we recorded in a van. It was like this tiny little van. It was like a hundred degrees. And we recorded in the van, which was inside of like where all of the booths and stuff were. So I'm curious to see how that will, how that will turn out. But uh, I think that'll be good. Cause it's your, it's, you know, European audience. It's not just uh, the types of questions I got were around that, not just U S stuff. So it was cool. So outside of recording, what's keeping you busy these days? Oh gosh. Um, I try to like, I love traveling. Um, and so I try to keep that in balance. Um, so there's been a lot of that. Obviously, Remars is coming up. So that's going to be, are you guys going to Remars? Unfortunately not. I don't think I will be. I was, we were yeah, just no, talking about this. Try. Yeah, I'm going to try and share as much as I can. Um, as much as I can without getting myself in trouble, right? So I'll try to take like videos and photos and everything of like the stuff that I know we would all care about when we see it. Because it's not just voice that's going to be there. But I want to... I want to kind of share all of that that I can. Um, I was just in OMR uh, in Hamburg, like I mentioned, which is a, a big digital marketing uh, conference, brand conference. Um, and uh, if, I mean, if it's personal, it, the stuff that's keeping me busy is uh, being a dad of a, uh, she's about to turn 15 this week. <laughs> and my little one is 11. So they, they keep me super busy. And then like on a personal note, like I wish I could show you all this stuff here. I'm on like a super fitness kick too. So if you all, and this is what's funny is when people like Google me, if you go back four years, I was 60 pounds heavier. And so there's these weird, funny videos of Dave and people are like, that's not, that's what my passport photo is too, when I'm going around (laughs) and stuff. So like, that's kind of got me obsessed. Um, And then voices like for work for me, like, and I think a lot of people in the community know this is, I've always looked at my role as going as wherever the need is the most. And so as we've built out teams uh, across Amazon, then I'll kind of like move away from that area. So for a while it was dev stuff. And then Paul Cutsinger is someone I knew all the way back from App Store and Twitch, really awesome guy. And and as that team came in, you saw me like not do hackathons and like not do office hours. And although I was still available online if people need me. Um, and then I started doing things in like incubation areas. And so you, you probably saw for a year, I was doing a lot with Alexa for business. Um, and so that, uh, that team's ramped up, that team's doing awesome. And so it seems like, and, and I know you guys have talked about some of this stuff and I loved, uh, Kane, I loved your article too, that you wrote a really great article. Um, you? Yeah. And so, you know, like <laughs> there's certain things I'm like, Am I going to just until the end of time, basically keep repeating this, but brands is one of them (laughs) that does not seem to go away. Um, And so I'm continuing to do that. Um, But I've also found like um, being starting out being techie and being a developer, like I've made making that transition into a marketer's world, which is not my background, was very daunting uh, a, a couple of years ago. And I took it on as a challenge and now I love it. Um, and it's just like, it's a different part of your brain that you mm-hmm. use, you know? Um, and so I, you can, you'll continue to see me do a lot of that. And then, um, we've hired someone, I don't know if you've met Adrian, Adriana before, um, on our Alexa auto side. So we're, we're continuing to see, uh, momentum there too. So it's like helping out with those different areas, but I am a team of one. Um, too, even though I'm, I sit on the leadership team, I do not have people underneath me, um, just because I, uh, try to irk responsibility at every opportunity I can. I, I, I did management in the past and because I'm not in Seattle, I didn't think it was you know fair to have that. So there's like virtual dot and stuff, but 
uh, it's basically me and, you know, going and advising and mentoring and helping in different areas of the business. So that's kind of where it is now. And that's what keeps me busy. And the thing that stinks about that is I've had to be really, I had to be realistic in the past year of what I say yes to. Um, and obviously the Alexa dev chat is one of those things. If I'm vocally self-critical that suffered because of that, because I chose to take and go on all these other podcasts, take that with travel and everything else going on. It just, it was, you know, um, you guys know what it's like to edit a podcast and get mm-hmm. all that stuff too. So that's one of the things now that I'm, I'm putting time in as we're getting into summer, you know, events ramp down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll probably be out in Europe again in another month or so. Um, so looking forward to that. And uh, yeah. I'd love to grab a pint. Yeah, definitely. definitely. <laughs> do, you get over, do you get over to the UK much then? I was in the beginning as we were ramping up that team, I was there all the time, which I know, you, you know, Dave Lowe uh, mm-hmm. as well. And then we had, Dave was over there doing a great job. And so I didn't have to be over there as much. And now it's more of like if I'm keynoting something, which seems to be, I'd say once every two, three months I'm over there, but I'm on East coast us outside Philadelphia. So, um, it is super easy for me to get over there. It's like an hour more than Seattle. You know, it's mm. not, it's a, as you guys know, because it's a decent time, at least for you right now yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. In, in, in comparison. But yeah, I love it. I have a, I have my UK border patrol approved so I can use the UK passport lines and the e-passport and EU and all that. And so I'm not nice. waiting an hour like all the other Americans uh, <laughs> when I go through, right? Yeah. So, Nice. You mentioned there that, that you're doing a lot more work with brands. You tend to go where where you're kind of needed. And, and is is the kind of, is brands and the way that brands approach invoice and the interest from brands invoice and in Alexa, is that something that has, you've seen a noticeable upward spike in recently? Or has it always been that plenty of brands have been interested and you've always spoke to them on some level? Depends which industry. Um, that's the other thing. Like when you say brands, right, it's very different if you're in automotive, if you're in health and life sciences, are you a consumer brand, right? Are you in hospitality? And that was something that I had to learn, even though I've, I've been in different industries. I was in pharma uh, before I worked at, at Microsoft. So I kind of got pharma um, and the medical field and we have HIPAA now, which is really great. Um, but it was, I've been through so many waves of tech. It's interesting. I'm like, am I the old guy now that is saying we solved this problem 30 years ago? And I'm like, I have to be careful because like I was just doing a, uh, and this is public, I could say, I was just on a, a panel. I did like a keynote for a Ruderfin event. Um, and this reoccurring thing kept coming up of people talking about trying to get voice inside of an enterprise business. And they're like, IT this and IT that. And I'm like, look, it was the same when the web came out. I remember fighting IT around putting web browsers on desktops. And it was the same when mobile came out. What did it mean to bring your own device? And then cloud, oh my goodness, cloud, who owns the data? Where's the data? Um, I said, voice is no different. It's not voice and conversation. It's every new technical wave. If you're in a business and you're in IT, you're making sure that the business is secured. You're making sure that everything is compliant. You're trying to manage all that. So I'm like, dust off the docs. You can replace the name web with voice. And it's literally the same concerns. And then you kind of, and everyone was like, wow, yeah, you're right. Like we've, we've gone through that. And so a lot of that is helping businesses with that. Um, I do meet at the upper level. So I don't really meet with the devs. Um, anymore. There's, you know, they, they get a lot of the content online. It's more like sitting down at a C level. Um, and the interesting shift I've seen at a C level 
it's like 2014, right? The conversation was like this. I'd get people excited and they'd be like, let's do it. And the, what they thought was possible, and you probably all remember these days, was completely not what was capable of from an API level, right? It was like out there, like we're going to, and it's like, no, no, no. Like this stuff works now, but you're just going to have a little bit of a back and forth. It's super early day one, right? Um, and then now what's really cool um, is that you'll come in, and I hear this from from agencies as well, is there'll be two plans. There'll be a plan of what can we do now? And there's, there's a good case for now. And you've probably seen more and more of this, especially if you have a marketing budget and you've got a big consumer brand, there's some great tie-ins that have happened, uh, especially with like kid skills and stuff and movies and talking to the animated characters. Um, so that's kind of like a short-term plan. And then what does it mean five years out? And for me, when you start having conversations five years out, that's really when I saw the shift. You know, that's when I saw the shift in web browsers of like, all right, I put my mark in the in the in the ground, but what does it mean to have an e-commerce pipeline? I remember when that was the word. Everything is e-commerce pipeline. Now we just say e-tail, e e right? Um, but it's it's the same thing with voice. Is that people are starting to think, and brands is is interesting. Every the first thought for the short term too is what's X Y Z doing. Which is, a, which is a conversation in 2019 that we didn't have in 2014. So I may, I, you know, maybe somebody, and I, let's say they're selling sneakers or something like that. They may be like, what is, you know, whatever brand um, doing? Uh, and I didn't have an example. And now I have, we're over 90,000 skills. So now I have all of these examples to do it. Doesn't mean it's the best example, which is, by the way, the next follow-up question is, what do you think, Dave, is the best example? Which is always like, you have to be well. It's what do customers think, which is what I love because I have been through my career, I have been in app stores where every individual review and rank, like Amazon's very, we're very good with that of exposing that on the retail side across all products uh, with Alexa skills being no different. So seeing that, um, and I'll just keep talking and going off in a tangent, by the way, if you if you need to stop me on any of this. Yeah, so we'll carry on, do you want to roll? Yeah, so here's a super <laughs> cool thing. This This is what I love. As a podcaster and somebody that really appreciates long form audio, how do I get without getting too esoteric? Um, I feel like social media has done a disservice in the way that people communicate. And a lot of it has to be because it's so short and we've lost the ability to write long form narratives. Like when you read a book, it's well thought out, right? It's, it's, there's, there's backed up and you can, you can read the entire thing and then you can begin to argue. It's not just this headline that goes across. And so me personally, I listen to very like on YouTube, I'll be, and we were talking about this earlier, I'll be on YouTube for hours. Um, and I'll listen to these really long podcasts like Joe Rogan and, and other podcasts, right? Um, Tim Ferriss. And, and so I'll, I'll go into a topic for three hours and listening to somebody and then I'll start to research and then I'll start to do that. What I'm starting to see with voice now is, and you may have seen me, um, this was kind of my slogan for a while was meeting your customer in the moment, which was a good way for brands to grok, oh, I'm not forcing them through guardrails to talk a certain way. I actually have the ability to have a long-term conversation, not a one-off. So it doesn't become utilitarian, right? That's actually what I've seen some pickup on that is uh, flash briefings. And I've seen like flash briefings internally. So that's super interesting. Like imagine you're the CEO and nobody's reading and you've got this huge business. Nobody reads an email from you. 
And maybe there's a video on the internet, but if you could do an internal skill, it's a flash briefing and you could actually talk about current events. You could be like, Hey, you know, I just wanted to give you my thoughts on what happened last week in the press about whatever. And, you know, it, it makes people, um, it makes it very personal. It makes you feel connected. Um, so I'm seeing more and more of those. And, um, you know, if anybody's done flash briefings, it couldn't be simpler. The hardest part about that is making sure you have an SSL cert uh, yeah. because it's just an RSS feed. And then we have the, uh, the AWS plugin for, for WordPress that'll actually generate all the poly voices for you uh, in all different accents and everything. So it becomes uh, a, a I didn't think it would go in that direction. You know, it's like, I, I thought it would be more like news and there's local news and there's stuff, but there's interest, there's interesting ways that people are doing that. And I think it's because it's a daily touch point that they know people are using because a lot of people, um, this is an Amazon number. I just mean a lot of people in that me talking. Um, mm-hmm. When I hear people say it's like, you know, music, smart home, flash briefings, like you, you, you do hear these things in daily usage, which I think is important when I talk to brands in 2019 is like, what are those daily touch points? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you see customer engagement go up, right? Even if it's not new customer acquisition, you can start to see engagement increase. Um, let me give you another good. example. That's really cool. This, oh, go ahead. Didn't mean to, no, to go, on, no, go on. Go on. Go on. Another really cool example is that um, getting rid of the idea, like I've always loved when uh, with Brian, when he came out with voice first. And it, um, to me, that was like, I've always used it as a way to make people remember that we don't live in isolation across tech with all these different things. They all, they're all still there. And so the multimodality of the experiences is super interesting to see. So for example, I order something from you through my my uh, mobile app, but then I'm in front of an Alexa and I go, how long until my package is here? And it gives me time, <clears throat> right? Nothing's faster than that. That's customer engagement. And so it's not like the skill itself is this new thing, and, and, and but it's, I may even see retention. It reminds me of the days of uh, financial apps. Like I picked my bank based on 10 years ago, what apps were running on my iPhone. <laughs> Right, because I pick my so current much- bank based on based on the, that exact thing. I use Mongo yeah. now, and it's purely just because it's all through an app. It's just fantastic. Right, and so I mean, regardless of what voice assistant you use, whether you know it's Alexa or Google Assistant or Siri or Katana or any, or any of those, right? The fact that that becomes part of my daily conversation that I'm having, and then you are a brand that's actually delivering a service that I enjoy. I'll give you another super cool example of where that's super powerful is. We're very vague as human beings. So if I said something like this, and I literally did this the other day, what did I say? I said, um, what was the chair I ordered in 2016 for my office? Like, that's what I was thinking. But if I could ask you, then I may just reorder that, right? And when I grew up, I had all these odd jobs. Um, and, you know, I worked, I started working when I was 12 with a paper route and I was working 13, 14, 14, I was in McDonald's. Uh, and the best job I had was in a movie theater in, at 15. And I remember the concession stand, would you like to buy a super combo special? It's a large popcorn and a large Coke for the same price as a medium, right? It's like that upsell in the moment. You don't get those with web and app, even with stuff like Amazon pay, where you're already logged in, there's still all these extra clicks versus just saying, yes, I would like that. Mm-hmm. Right. So I've seen brands have, they've really discovered that, um, opportunity. I think there's another, um, when we, I don't know if you remember, Dustin, when we spoke to uh, John Chu from Jetson, and that was one of the things that we kind of touched upon, and he he kind of alluded to it in terms of the the fric- how how the friction is removed from an upsell 
based on your voice. So whereas, you know, I, for example, if, if it's a bank all day, like this bank all day, we order a pizza from Domino's or something like that. And on the app, you know that you're trying to be upsell, upsold. It's like, do you want extra this and do you want extra that? And oh, it's like there's something in the back of your mind that just says, no, I don't want to kind of incrementally increase the value of my order, so I kind of resist it. But with voice, if someone just says, do you want to make that a large one or do you want two for the price of one or whatever, it's, or, or, you know, say yeah. 50%, it's, it's a lot easier and a lot less friction just to say, oh, yeah. yeah Where it um, clicks, and maybe this is just because of all my childhood retail experience. I mean, I was a bank teller too. Um where it really clicks for brands is when I'm like, this is your brick and mortar. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, when I was a bank teller, I had people come in every week to talk to me for 20 minutes. And that's you, if you've grown up on the internet and you've had a business where you've never had that with your customers, it's incredibly powerful. Um, you know, it becomes the ability to just talk about anything. It doesn't just have to be your business. Right. And, um, then the light bulbs go off. And so then it becomes another thing that I, I like to talk to people about is, and it depends on how I phrase this. Sometimes you hear me say, um, you know, what does your brand sound like? Um, but uh, what are the, one of the things that I've been doing a lot lately is saying, um, who am I building my relationship with? And they're like, what do you mean? Well, I'm like, you know, Alexa's introducing us, but am I talking to you, the company, or am I talking to Alex Trebek? Because I'm playing Jeopardy, right? Um, what kind of voice is it? Is it a man? Is it a woman's? Do you give me an option? Um, I remember growing up, like in the '80s, there were all these like jingles in TV commercials. There was like Avoid the Noid and Little Caesars because we were talking about pizza, right? Avoid the Noid, I think, was Domino's, and I could see that stuff coming back. Like, who's a funny person that I'm talking with with your brand, but I only get through a conversational voice? That doesn't come across in the design of a mobile app, but personality can pop in these things. Right. And it's delightful and it can, it can crack you up. Um, and so if you can hit that and you can nail that as a brand, that gives you an opportunity there where you're increasing engagements too, where you don't mm -hmm. normally have that in uh, kind of a predefined, I mean, it's just, let's face it, it's drop downs and taps and click throughs with some images and video. Right. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that you spend a lot of time talking to the kind of C-suite and the, the C-level kind of executives at companies more than more than the developers. What kind of conversations are you having with people of that level? Is it is it kind of visioning and kind of selling the future of voice in general? Is it more practically how do they bring voice into the, the company? What what kind of conversations are you having at that sort of level? Yeah, it's um it's the latter. It's in in 2019, there's no more like what's voice. It's super interesting how many people have echoes and alexa devices and it's one of the things i've been doing since 2014 is i would poll the audience just to see that um and now i'll poll like when did you use your first alexa skill and how many have more than four devices that's like my number i just like to to know <laughs> i think it's an interesting one right because it's like whoa that's a lot but if they're dots it's a little different um and so it's it's very much um it super reminds me of web so I was around when, um, I mean, I was, I was one of those kids that was the, you know, quote unquote webmaster putting HTML pages together with hot dog. And, uh, my first, one of my first consulting gigs was doing, um, MacWarehouse.com, which competed with Amazon. Um, and, uh, I would like go through, how do you sell things and, and what does that all mean? And, and, um, and so in those days, right, it was really much about what's XYZ doing. And so, C-level execs, that's what it is. It's what they already have names, they'll tell me. <laughs> so what's this company doing, right? And then it's what's the, what's, who's most successful, 
That's what they want to know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what's my opinion on what could be doing better? And then what's my favorite? Um, you know, so a lot of it starts out with that. And the second one is that, that question you had about roadblocks and like talking about dusting off the old document about how do you get things across at IT. Um, a lot of times it's it depends on that brand, right? If it's a business and they're trying to do something internally, like an Alexa for business, uh, a lot of times you would be surprised how little visibility they have into their help desk tickets. And so it's like, let's bubble up all that information and, oh, wow, you, you know, like 50% of your calls are for people to find out a number, right? Like, what's the number for me to talk to HR? So we literally have blueprints for Alexa for Business now that are live that you can go in and do company information like that, right? And so that can, when you, that's what, that's where the C-level exists is, it's like, oh, at this cost per ticket, is it outsourced? Is it in-house? That actually costs me 10 million a year. So if I roll out this blueprint, I could possibly sell, save 10 million a year, right? It's, it's those kind of uh, conversations. Some of the other ones, it depends on the industry, like smart home finance. I won't say the company, huge real, um, real estate brand um, was looking into training all of their sales reps on smart home and Alexa, because you can actually, you can even do this, by the way, if you're a homeowner and this works across countries, it's not a US thing, is like if you're selling your house, you can go pick up a bunch of dots. You can get a six pack of dots and you're suddenly now a smart home. You could command extra money. Sometimes the, the value of your home is it's tens, you know, at least 10,000 us, it'll go up. And because people, you know, the lights are there, everything's wired up. You've got it connected to the thermostats. It's good to go. And a lot of people are already familiar with Alexa. It becomes a, a you know, a selling point there. So um, another example would be, how do we um, like like if it's the if I take you away from the short term into the long term conversation, the long term conversation is about value. So how do I show brand value over my other brands? Is this an opportunity to do that? Maybe I missed out on web and mobile and now I want to be bubbling out. And uh, yeah. one of the in, past the ut- utility of like looking orders up and stuff. One of the pieces that I give and I think yeah, as podcasters, you, you guys probably know this, is that some of the some of the most powerful commercials have been from when a you from a YouTuber or a podcaster I trust says, I use this and it's just a normal conversation. It's not even like a commercial. And they're like, and I've been using this and it's a mattress or it's like the best mic I've ever used. And it, like, it's that kind of talking about something. Um, and so doing that invoice. And so if, an example I'll use is like, if I'm in the hospitality business, and I'm going to do an Alexa skill. Short term would be booking a trip, which I can do on mobile. May or may not get me higher engagement. It's certainly not going to get me new customer acquisition. But if I start to have a conversation and I get to know that person, and maybe I'm using account linking, and maybe that person is a certain level member, right? And they're like an elite status or whatever with that hospitality chain, you could get information that's not available anywhere else. And so it could be like the, when I have a conversation, it could be in the morning being, hey, by the way, Dave, did you know six months ago when you went on that trip and you were hanging out in London, you went into this pub and there's a new pub opening up next month that blah, blah, blah. And it's like, right. It's, it's, that's easy to do. That information's already there. A lot of these hospitality chains already have concierge desks. So they have systems where that information can be put in. And so it's turning it conversational and getting to know your customer. And you've probably seen Amazon leadership talk about that of like, 
uh, especially Rohit, you know, of, uh, and he's our, our chief Alexa scientist, of like how we're making, trying to get Alexa to know you better. I think that's really the next phase as we start to go over the next couple of years is that my conversation with a skill or a brand may be entirely different than yours, right? Mobile and web is one size fits all. There's not a lot of personalization you can do in that UI, but you can have entirely different types of conversations based on how long you've been interacting and how much you know that, that you know about that person. And so those are the types of um, farther out that the advice and then so it's those those um, types of uh, conversations at that level. Does it make sense? And then of course cost. But most people have budget for that kind of stuff now too, which has been another shift. It's not like uh, I have you know, <laughs> if you're familiar with my background, I pretty much Alexa was my first. Now, Fire TV and, and tablets did good. So a lot of the Amazon stuff did good. But I mean, I worked on pretty much every colossal failure of a product that there ever was through my career. I was used to moving on and I loved every single one of them. And I had them all like on this side here too. They're all my, my babies, but um, you know, it's, it's a lot of that. When I looked back, I, I, re- I remember when this light bulb went off for me, it was maybe like two years, now, maybe even three years ago. I remember saying, why did I fail at all this? Cause sometimes I, I did really good. Like where we delivered to the business, everything we needed to do and developers were excited, but it was still a commercial failure. Um, and I'm trying hard not to name any products or any companies because they're all great products and companies. Um, but what was interesting about that when I look back is I was going to a brand and saying, hey, I've got something really awesome and I want you to take time and money and relearn this entirely new API and technology that I've built completely unrelated to your customer so that you can go and talk to your customer using my technology. And that was pretty much how I spent the decade. And I'm like, no wonder nobody wants to do that. And now it's not that. Now it's like, hey, you've probably got all these, because it's just restful APIs. You've got all these APIs built. You've got all this web stuff built. You've got information in the database. So now I'm going to give you a little bit of the power back and you decide how you want to talk to your customers. And so then you spend the time there. I can't think of any other technical wave that's been like that, man. And think about it from a consumer standpoint. There's never been a technology that you didn't have to update the hardware, you didn't have to patch the OS, and you didn't have to patch the app. And so what I tell brands, and I tell you know, developers this too, is that every single person you have a conversation with has the latest version of you, assuming you've been past certification, right? <laughs> um, but it, it, has the, it has the latest version of you. There's never been a technology wave like that. And correct me if I'm wrong, um, but not that I can re- recall ever. I mean, even web pages have, uh, you go to the web page and there's a browser difference or a CSS inconsistency or the OS wasn't patched correctly and all, we all know app stores and apps. Um, and so that's kind of my feeling of where this stuff is going in the future is app stores were a way as developers and, and engineers that we could go ahead and we could let people talk to the underlying technology that we had. And that's why you may have seen something quoted where I said voice is the new HTML. That was my look on that is that it's the voice becomes the interface for everything. Therefore, I don't need to be patching and updating all these other things. I just need to be able to talk. And so that's an exciting prospect too. I don't think we've seen a lot of that yet. Uh, Although you all may have seen it and your listeners may have seen it if there's been a skill or there's been something they've been doing, especially with the core of Alexa for a while, you may see that different over time. Uh, For example, like you can give reviews with your voice. That was something that did not exist a while ago, saying, what are the top games? What are the new skills? You know, all those type of invocations. Mm. Um, Think about that. You didn't have quit after you've quit a skill. You get recommendations. now. Yep. Yep. Recommendations, too. Yep. All, All of that has been it just one day it could, it could do it. 
Right. And so that's a very different way of looking. I don't know. For me, I've always, I, even since I was a little kid, tech came easy for me. I'd get excited about it. And then I talk to people and they'd be like, we have no idea what you're talking about, especially my parents. <laughs> and I'm like, why does this have to be so difficult? It should, I want everybody to be as, as excited as I am. And I feel like this gets, this is why I'm excited about it. And AI, you know, it's not just voice. I mean, voice is kind of the interface, but it's really AI and machine learning that's driving a lot of this in the background. Um, that's what's got me excited, you know, especially my parents, man, my dad doesn't use computer. And, you know, my brother's three years younger than me. He's, he's uh, technical. He's over at Gartner. Um, and uh, he's, he, you know, he gets emails printed out. Um, but when I, when I see him, he tells me stuff he's done on Alexa. And I'm like, I know that's not, that's a skill. Cause I've never used it. I know he found a skill somehow. And then I ask him, he's like, Oh, I don't know. I just asked for it. You know, it's like that. that and I'm like, that, that's the way it should be. Right. He doesn't even remember how he invoked it. Um, so that's exciting to see too. And then, then that's where I'll get um, a lot of my talks today talk about inclusiveness because when you get into the barriers of the patching and the updating and all of that, that I feel like is what's gotten into the way. And really what I want to see and this will be, this should be, this could be our backup plan, right? All of us. If, if this whole podcasting thing doesn't work out, this is what we need to do, right? Or if somebody's listening right now, go do this. Ideas are cheap. I'm not executing on this idea. Go ahead and take it. I'm waiting for, I am fascinated by YouTube. So I'm waiting for the YouTube of content creation that's inclusive. And that's going to happen through voice. There are people my dad's age that have stories of growing up, you know, 75, 80 years ago, what was life like? And I'm fascinated. Like there'd be a YouTube video where somebody talking about what it was like. Um, and the, just the day to day, the stuff that's not captured in the history books, the stuff that's in people's brains in order for them to share it. Just imagine if today they could all just start sharing those stories and this content and like, what was life like in London in 1935, right? Right before uh, World War II. And, and there, you know, or what was life like in 1999 before the Y2K switch? I remember all of that in tech. You don't <laughs> see that anywhere, but that's captured in people's heads. And so being able to share that, because I feel like doing a YouTube video, as technical as I am, it's still, I, I had to go and research stuff and figure out how to do all of that. That's not available to everybody, but voices. And I haven't seen that thing yet. I think that's going to be a real killer um, inclusive experience because you have the ability to share across that. And I know my, what kills me is there's all this information and all this, all these stories and all this part of humanity that's going to disappear within the next 10 years because it's not captured. It's not in blogs. It's not on social media. It's, you know, like we need to, we need to figure out a way to do that. And so um, I think voice will enable that too. Voice tube? Is that what you call it? <laughs> David, one of the interesting things around mobile, around web, around these new technologies is as they grow up, there's also an ecosystem around it. Do you see an ecosystem growing up around voice right now? Or if not, what's needed there to help support this expand? Well, you know, it's uh, to me, voice is everything. So it's on mobile too. <laughs> Um, it's on desktop. I mean, you'll see the studies. They're not just from Amazon, but you'll see the other studies out there of, you know, you're, and I know this personally in my life, that the more that I talk to Alexa, the more that I talk to my car. It's the reason why I have uh, an Echo Auto. Uh, the more that I talk to my desktop, the more that when I go ahead and send text messages now and talking to it, like the pizza box, right? It's just, 
it's higher bandwidth. And for somebody who talks very fast and typing to me is too slow, I feel like my brain gets tripped up over it. Um, I started to do voice dictation started to do stuff like that. And so I feel like that stuff's happening naturally. I do feel like as people have gotten more familiar and they started to trust the ability for these devices to understand intention, that you do see that. You do see people, you know, talking in their hotel rooms and there's no voice assistant. And so you start to see that. You start to see, uh, we just released some studies on our blog um, that talked about how people that are going to purchase an automobile are now factoring in what assistant is in the car. Like that actually becomes a, a purchasing choice. So you're seeing that. One of the things we did early on, uh, Gosh, I think it was um, June or July 2015. When we released the Alexa Skills Kit, we also released something called the Alexa Voice Service with the idea that this wasn't going to be about Amazon making Echo devices. That voice was going to be everywhere and that for free, people could go ahead and put Alexa in the things. And then they could decide on the level of that too. You know, maybe I just want the ability to talk. I don't want you to be able to play your Amazon music or, and stuff like that, right? And so... That, I mean, you see the numbers on that stuff is explosive. Um, and so I think that, because we could have taken, I've worked at companies that it's like, no, it's all about us. <laughs> and so it's like, you've got to include our XYZ program if you have this, right? Where it becomes an end unit. And it's not the case with ABS. Those things are all not ends. It's up to the, the people how they want to decide. And in fact, if we were all gonna make our own device, we could all decide how much we want to actually um, capture, what kind of conversation we want to have with a customer, all of those type of things, right? And I think um, you've seen that success in stereos, I think, a lot, like uh, headphones and different types of music and listening devices, right? Because it's just a natural yeah. thing. TVs um, as well seem to be... Uh, yeah, we just announced the LG TV. Yep. Yeah. TVs are a no-brainer because, I mean... So I was when I was at Microsoft, I was on the Xbox team, uh, and I helped launch the Connect, which had a different code name uh, at the time. And I remember, even then, as we were creating the um, the API, it was all .NET and C Sharp, and there was this tool, Expression Blend, back then that allowed you to do it. Um, how much more people were using voice versus motion, right? And it's just a natural thing when you're in front of this big screen. In fact, I remember at the time, my littlest one, she must have been. Oh man, so this is before Amazon and uh, Amazon was 2013. It was like right after Connect and it was a big deal because when she said Xbox, it heard her for the first time, right? It was like a coming of age. It was like, you've recognized me and now I have now have the ability to talk. And so that has always been a natural thing. Even um, I helped launch Fire TV at Amazon and you'll see there's talks out there from me on the quote unquote 10 foot experience, which basically meant this is not a device that I'm holding. It's a lot like um, like having a show in the kitchen when you're cooking, except you had a controller. And we spent a lot of time around trying to make things both visible, right? So that the, when you're sitting in your recliner, it's you can see what you need to, but also making it easy and quick to navigate with a joystick. But you don't need that with voice, right? So you can display things a little bit differently because you're not navigating them, um, enumerating through the way that you have to enumerate through items in a list when you're actually using a controller or a remote with the up down and the things like that, right? You can say things like, I want the third one. And so you're instantly jumping. That's That doesn't exist in any other kind of controller type of interface. And that's something we weren't even thinking of 
uh, or at least it wasn't in my head on any of these kind of products, um, you know, 10 years ago to just be able to say, give me the third one. Like you're, you're literally tying in the visual with, with voice. Right. Mm. Um, and so I think that stuff, um, you're starting to see tremendous, uh, momentum around too. And then people expect it. People expect to say things like, uh, and you'll see this across, you know, we put it in fire TV. Um, you'll see, I know Apple TV has it. Um, I Chromecast must have it. Um, where the ability to say things like, show me top movies, show me what's available to rent, you know, things like that. Mm. And that lends itself to, as human beings, just getting more and more natural and used to having conversations with the tech in our lives like this. And that's on a, you know, that's going to just permeate everything. So then that's going to be the way we want it in the automobile, the way we want it at work and, and everything else in our daily lives. So you kind of see it's that flywheel of how it ties into everything. Mm. And you can, you can, you can sort of like you can see how things will be you know how the future kind of pans out once once kind of voice becomes ubiquitous and it's everywhere and i think you've you touched on a few really interesting points um throughout this discussion so far that i want to kind of circle back to slightly is one is your observation of short-term planning versus long-term planning so Mm -hmm. what can we execute today versus what does it look like in five years time um in terms of the way that you are kind of engaging with with the with brands and speaking to to people about voice, because I know that you uh, I think on a it might have even been on one of the Alexa Dev podcasts that you spoke you spoke about the the fact that what your role and I don't know if it still is but what it was was about going out and speaking to developers, finding out what's needed, feeding that back to the team. That then becomes yep. part of the evolution of of Alexa. Um, so how much of what you do now is still about that versus how much is it trying to onboard people? Because most of what you were saying there in terms of what the five-year plan could be for a brand in terms of account linking, recognizing preferences, a lot of that can be kind of done more yeah. or less now, can it? So is, is that more a five-year plan in terms of how long it will take a brand to adapt themselves to be able to have the capability and the team and the infrastructure to continually have voice as part of their core kind of business and is uh, part of this a bit of a double barrel question so is 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 the technology there now for them to do that and if not is part of your role still to figure out what's needed to get to that point and still to feed that back yeah the way i looked at my role it's always been about a feedback loop and there are still devs it's interesting because i still i mean you guys know what back catalog is with your podcast i'll get a someone who's just starting out in development that saw maybe a webcast i did from four years ago and will hit me a question and I'll respond. Right. And so that stuff still reaches people. Um, the, the, the question that you had around um, like the planning and the resources and, and, and all of that. Right. Um, none of the, I have yet to see it. It's been interesting. I have yet to see a company that's made, there's been some big brands that have said like, we're going to be voice. Like we're going to have a group voice, like some of the stuff Dave's doing, BBC and things like that. But I think mm-hmm. most companies, it's like it was in the early mobile web days. Well, no, because it's different. Early mobile web days, you needed to learn something new. So what's happening is, what what's happening is they're keeping the same dev teams, but they're asking them to go ahead and figure this stuff out. Unless they're hiring in an agency, which you can see. And now there are a lot of really good agencies too that are, are doing conversations in voice. But if I'm going to go let's say I'm a C-level exec and I want to own this all up and I want to build expertise, right? Typically the pattern that I'll see is it depends on where you are in the budget cycle or if they've already got money. All right. And then that'll, that'll adjust timeframe. Now I'm super fortunate in that I have the roadmaps. 
So I, uh, which is always the scary thing, right? Where I always have this thread is I have the roadmaps of what's coming. I know what's coming, which is why a lot of times you'll see I'm like early on with the Hey Alexa devs. Cause I knew well, that sometimes, you know, it's not dates can move and things like that. So I, I juggle in my head what I know is coming. So if I hear something and I already know we solved it, it's just a timing. I don't need to give that feedback to the team other than when I see them, it's like, Hey, you know, I'm consistently hearing those are conversations. I'll tell a lot. Uh, I'm consistently hearing this. And then that's just, anecdotal data that we're making the right choice, right? Um, But typically what will happen in a a company like this is now if I want to get into voice is depending on how much budget I have, what I'm going to do is I'm going to set aside time for looking into existing data and APIs that I have, right? So maybe I have a developer that can expose some things over JSON. What they've done, and I've seen, like I've actually seen a handful of companies make this a role. So but that's not a dev role. Um, there's this role where you're kind of the voice champion. I've had people, <laughs> they like the chief evangelist title for some reason. Um, and they said, you're now chief evangelist for voice. Like I've seen companies do that. So it's like an internal champion. Um, even though my Twitter handle for two years now has been assistant to the regional manager, which is from <laughs> office. Um, and so what they'll do is by having, by having a champion of that, it's somebody that keeps the fires going. Because what will happen is you still got main business. Maybe there's a push out to their website or maybe, uh, you know, Apple or Google releases a new uh, mobile OS. And suddenly it's like the next three months, we all have to update to OS, blah, 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 or our app experience is going to, right. So, you know, voice is going to fall somewhere in there by having a champion internally, they can make sure that timeframes are aligned, that we're still marching down a certain direction. And sometimes they'll assign that, you know, sometimes um, they'll, it's the CMO, right? So I'm the chief marketing officer. And one of my tasks for the year is to be able to, so that we have a presence on Alexa. And so maybe that, um, let me, let me show you like a, a really cool example was when I was just at Ruderfin, Bayer was there. Uh, and, the, and the CMO, the chief comm officer, they did this really cool thing with science. So it was like kids doing science projects with Alexa. And it was a way to actually increase STEM, which I thought was, was a great way to look at voices that, you know, you learn by having fun. Um, and so that's a way to look at, we're getting into voice, but we're doing it around STEM. And it was the CMO that was driving that in the, in the comms teams that were driving it, right? And so typically you'll see those type of things. I can try and fill in that role for people. Like I have had companies that are like that where they're like, we'll bring Dave back in six months and he can start up the fire again. And a lot of that is just me doing a call here with like, well, you'll see me at, uh, I did it at Alexa live and remit where it's like kind of what's new and what's my thought. Um, I do um, briefings internally. I'll do with a lot of CMOs of, of companies that uh, a lot of them already have an idea where they want to go. And for whatever reason they want to, hear my opinion about it. Um, and they usually, they already know what they need to hear. <laughs> um, but it's just making sure that they understand what can go wrong. Um, you know, you only get one shot at a first impression. It's 2019. It's not 2014. So you throw something out there, you know, the expectations are different, especially if I've been talking to Alexa for five years, right? Um, it's, it's those type of things. And so you typically see those uh, type of roles. Um, the other thing is the data. There's a lot of conversations. Um, I mean, you guys know this. In any business, we measure what's measurable, which always kills me. It's always what kills me no matter, which is why I've always tried to do like scrappy startups and other things. And uh, Amazon's pretty good about this. But I mean, at the end of the day, we all have to measure something. So we measure what's easy to measure. And a lot of times what's easy to measure is not where voice is shining today. Where voice is shining today is giving you insights in the moment of the potential for where you're not having uh, engagements and conversations and things like that. So looking at your IPAs, 
the, you know, that just that interactive path of like, where are the fall offs? You know, um, you know, usually if there's a big fall off, because I've had people that'll create all these utterances, all the type of questions, maybe maybe even gone in through help desk tickets and been like, okay, I feel like we've got really good coverage of all the questions people might have. And uh, let me think of an example. Like a lot of that will then skew negative. So then when somebody says, I really like this, they don't capture it. <laughs> They're like, what does I really like this mean, right? It's like, wow, nobody's ever given me good feedback through their voice in the moment before. Like, yeah, like maybe you should capture that, right? I do that all the time. I do that with my kids. I'm like, great job, you know? Um, and so if something's great job, that's anecdotal feedback. It's not just metrics on like somebody tapped here or did this or had a conversation, but they're actually reinforcing that with a feeling. That stuff's important to capture too. Um, and so it's, it's a lot of that is then like, what's the right data and, the, and to look through those kind of stuff. Uh, so hopefully that answers your question. Um, but mm -hmm. it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Cool. Well, we've got probably on the clock now another five minutes on the on the uh, on the call. Um, we do have a selection of questions that have been sent in from our listeners. If you're up for answering a few of them, it's uh, like the old got... office hours. I used to ask me anything. Oh, really? Oh, there you go then. So we'll obviously yeah. try that. So a couple of them. Well, probably four or so have actually recorded the questions and sent them in. So I'll play those and okay. you can respond to those. The other couple uh, I'll just read out because we haven't kind of got recordings for the other ones. But let's start. Let's try this and chat to see if we can start. I love with, it. Uh, it's like dial in radio. Yeah. We have a listener on line one. Play yeah. It. So come on online. Line one right now is Joe Siegel. Here we go. Hello, uh, this is Joe Siegel with HappyCards.pro. Thank you for this opportunity. Once I create my first Alexa skill, uh, what tools does uh, Amazon have to help me to promote it so that the audience I want to reach um, can find out about it and enable it? Uh, is there any way to target specific audiences? And again, what kind of, of tools do you have available to help me promote what I've created? Thank you very much. So the question is really, so we have all of our dev tools at Alexa.design. There isn't any marketing tools, I think, which is what he's, he's asking for. Um, the advice that I would give for marketing tools is know your audience. Again, it's the whole voice first. So if you are creating an Alexa skill as your thing. Like it's your company. You don't have a mobile app. You don't have a web app. You don't have anything else. You're starting from scratch. Um, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to have to figure out as you go along, right? If you do have an existing customer base, then you get really exciting cross promotion that you can do. I've seen this, like I've seen emails um, from companies that are like, hey, you know, you can now say this to Alexa skill. Twitter, for example, when they launched, actually did a tweet I was like, Alexa, ask for my top tweets. Uh, I'm a uh, customer of um, Fitbit and MyFitnessPal, which both have uh, Alexa skills for fitness. And they, I've gotten information through the app on some of those, which I thought was really cool. So I was using the mobile app and it's like, hey, you know, you can use voice. So think about cross promotion there. It's, by the way, it's, again, it's dusting off those old docs. This was the same exact way with mobile. So customers that did really well on the web, I would get pulled into a meeting and I'd be like, we want to go big in the app store. Right. And it was all right. Well, what are your customers? What do you think your customers are going to use? Well, you know, they, they use this on our website, but that wasn't necessarily what they were going to use on the go. You know, it was completely different. And back then you got to remember app stores, you were not browsing the web on a phone. <laughs> it wasn't until the iPhone 
Um, you know, so it was a very different experience than using a laptop or desktop. So I would look at those type of things. One of the other things you can do um, is go through, you know, go to amazon.com slash skills, go find in the category that you're in based on customer reviews, click on the four star ones, go through, look when there's like, you know, hundreds and thousands, some of them have tens of thousands of reviews and look at consistently what that company is saying in their release notes. Because there are people that are learning from their customers in that same space as you, you'll see, they'll say things now, based on your feedback, we're now doing this. That's invaluable information for you to start to figure out and saying, oh, well, if I launch with this in my description, that now I'm already doing this, I already know, even though it's not my customers, it's very similar customers in that in that space. That's a good idea. Wicked. So second question from Carol in Poland. Hi, Dave. Hi, Kane. First of all, hats off for the good work that you do in the voice evangelism space. Cheers from all the Polish voice fans. And the questions are, uh, is there any chance we can hear Alexa speaking Polish in the next several months? Maybe you've got some some good news uh, (laughs) for us. And uh, the second question is, uh, more seriously, which of the skills segments do you see as most interesting in the revenue-creating aspect? Thank you very much. Cheers to you. Bye. So, uh, yeah, two parts. First part, we want to be everywhere that we can. Um, We have announced that as Amazon is that we want Alexa everywhere. It's not a string replacement problem, which is what I did in App Store when we would localize in a new country. It's just string replacements. This is understanding culture. Um, There was an article when we launched in the UK that was said Alexa is very, very British. And I'm like, that's a success, right? The jokes, the, the just understanding how cities are called different, all of that needs to happen. And so that is the computer science problem that takes time. You know, machines need to learn from real conversation. Um, and I'd love to, I, I have yet to be to Poland. I'm actually third generation Pole. It was my, my father's, my grandfather on my father's side, um, who I only met like twice uh, is he came over when he was a little boy. And I know that my last name is made up Ellis Island name. It's actually Zabecki in the original poll. And they wrote down Izbitsky, uh when they came over. So I would love to get over there uh, at some point. And then the next one is around revenue. And so, um, you know, that's going to be different based on where the customer segment is. So you can see that based on reviews, how many people are reviewing things, right? What's at the top of the carousel? It's not a, an Amazon like promoting stuff. It's what people are actually using that's bubbling up in there, right? So like if let's say you're going to do a game, ask for the top games or sort through the games, that's what people are using today. Uh, off the top of my head, you know, when I look at those things, a lot of it's trivia, right? I love using things um, where it's like music trivia and it just, you know, there's all sorts of things in there that you can do. Um, the other thing you can do is join the Slack channel or look for Alexa dev out there and hashtag voice first. Um, uh, like I just tweeted about, uh, Nick too. I mean, all the, all, he's got a Tesla and a home and, and, you know, he shared stuff and there are other developers that share stuff saying, Hey, I'm making money here. By the way, not a new thing. I remember in mobile, uh, when I used to create my own mobile web apps, and this is even going back, oh gosh, prior to coming to Amazon, uh, so 2013, um, I could shift categories in ads and make three times as much in a mobile app. And that was based on what people were billing. And there's, you know, I'm not saying ads in voice, but I'm using it as an example of a lot of that is somebody could be having an app that does exactly what you're doing, but they're 
targeted audience is different than yours. And so that's my advice to always tell people is, well, who are you marketing that to? Because you may say, oh, well, when I looked at this, I found that this category is really popular. But, but guess what? The audience that you're actually getting to telling them about your skill isn't the right audience, even though you put it in that category. Does that make sense? Categories mm -hmm. arbitrary. You need to find your customer base. There's a, a good book. I don't know if you guys have ever heard. It. It's called A Thousand Fans. Um, and the idea is this, if you get a thousand, I, I, this is near and dear to me as a podcaster, <laughs> if you get a thousand fans who are loyal, enjoy your content and they buy a hundred dollars worth of stuff from you a year, that's a six figure salary for you. And so you don't have to concentrate on 10,000 fans or 100,000 fans and all those comments or hate or little things that you can spend 90% on your time on. You concentrate on 1,000 people that get value out of what you do and are willing to pay a little bit for it and you can be successful. That's where you'll find success in any kind of revenue. It's not just skills. It's mobile and web as well. Yeah, I think Seth, Seth Gordon talks about that quite a lot as well, that, that, that kind of 1,000 fan sort of um, – Yep. Yeah. Wicked. Okay, next question is from John Campbell of Rabbit and Park, who we've actually had on on the podcast. Um, yeah. yeah, he's a really interesting guy. So here is John. Hi, Kane. It's John Campbell from Rabbit and Park. Here's my question: um, Are there any plans for Alexa to be able to pass over to an external phone call within a skill? So maybe the user gets to a certain point within a skill. And then you can use Alexa to call a customer service or to call a phone number. Um, so that's something that our clients have been asking us. So it'd be good to hear if that's something in the pipeline. Yeah, great question. It's a common request. Nothing to announce today. Uh, but what he's talk basically talking about is comms. And I mean, um, I, just you, tremendous value. You can just imagine in the future being able to just, you're having a conversation with a brand and being like, can I just talk to someone? Right. Um, there's, it's not available in any kind of API. He, he's absolutely right. It's not available in the developer um, APIs today, but it's certainly something that we've, we've heard requests for. Cool. And make sure you vote on it too, by the way, at uh, alexa.uservoice.com. If uh, you have listeners that have not seen that, that's another area where the dev team does look at, and you'll see comms is on there too, as a, as a common request. Cool. I'll link to that in the in the show notes. Uh, here's a question from Robert John Boyle, and it was also a question that was also posted on LinkedIn from uh, Julian Harris. And this is kind of not necessarily the same as John's question, but it's along the same kind of lines in terms of uh, feature kind of requests. It's maybe on maybe on the uh, that website which we'll link to the alexauservoice.com. Uh, we'll link to that in the show notes. But here is Robert's and Julian's question. This is a question for Dave. Do you ever think Amazon will allow skill developers, Alexa skill developers, to access the voice recordings of users inside of an Alexa skill that that developer has created? Um, will they ever be able to say, for instance, ask a user to record something and then save that voice recording, not just the text, but the actual voice recording, the actual raw audio itself? Thanks so much. Welcome. Yeah. I, so I know exactly where his brain's going. Um, like that scenario I just talked about, like us making a voice YouTube, you'd have to enable something like that. Right. Or you'd have to do it through a mobile app in order to get it. So yeah, definitely a common need. I think that's up on, on user voice uh, as well, but it's not something that uh, we've exposed in the developer API at all. Something that would, um, 
certainly in Europe, it's not quite as tight in in the US, but the whole GDPR thing in Europe is is causing some real problems for not right. just voice. I mean, voice is one of many many things that it's causing a problem <laughs> for. But I can imagine that being uh, something to consider there. Uh, next question is from your your old pal from David Law, <laughs> and he's asking. Um, why are your what are your thoughts on the killer app so one of the things that's kind of spoke about here and there is you know we're waiting for this killer app to come and revolutionize voice and there's going to be a billion dollar company built with this one killer app or whatever it is uh and dave uh seems to think that your or david law seems to think that your thoughts on that are slightly different so do you want to explain your thoughts around the concept of the killer these are dave thoughts these aren't amazon (laughs) thoughts but a lot of times people want the dave thoughts on this especially when we go out five years or more, right? So here's my thoughts on it. And this is coming from someone who's helped create app stores. I remember when app stores didn't exist. And so to me, apps and app stores go away, right? And this isn't anything I'm saying from Amazon or Alexa. I'm just saying what I think the future of this stuff is. The future of this stuff is me. It's me as a human being. And so really the killer app is the relationship I have with the AI. And so everything else, if you think about it today, all these apps and everything are just experiences because it's the only way we can communicate through these visual interfaces and do all of this, these kind of things. But what we really want as human beings is we want an AI that gets us and can talk to all the other tech in our lives that we don't have to deal with and get things done. And then, then we can learn and when we can get into a conversation where we're learning moving forward, then it's, you know, depending on how far you want to go out, it's things like, hey, um, you know, we we had this conversation six months ago, Dave, and I have been doing my own research and I just found this new article on PubMed about this medical thing you were looking at. Are you interested? Right. That doesn't exist today. You, just, you think about like, how could you even do that in an app world? But really, that's where it just kind of blows up. And I think that's where the future of this stuff is. And so I think you will find, you know, there'll be quote unquote killer apps. But really what that people are saying, I think, in the voice space is the killer app is the killer scenario. And they're going to not remember it as that specific skill. They're going to remember it as I'm talking with Alexa or Google Assistant or Siri. Or it's it's going to be like I've had that interaction, whereas maybe in the past it's been immobile. And it can also be the brand, by the way, which is incredibly powerful is that um, depending on the brand, it could be like, you know, this is all my travel. I do all my travel with Blum. And it's, man, uh, just the fact that I can ask them anything about anywhere in the world and they know me is killer. Right. That's not an app. It's a conversation in a specific industry with this. So I think that is and that's what Dave's referred to, because I've had conversations with him about this. Is That's kind of where my head's at. Um, obviously, you can't do that stuff today. We're all limited. It's very early on in, in the frameworks in which we can do and we can build. But I think so. It's, as time moves on, that's more and more what people will want. Think about like music. Right. That's the way it works today is depending you know, like a lot of the streaming services. Um, it's not necessarily that you're like wowed by their app. You're wowed by the ability to find an artist and a piece of music that you want. And then voice enables to do that very, very quickly, which is why you see that so popular on, on smart speakers, right? So that to me, it's the killer experiences. I think we're all going to be in another 10 years is that that kind of vocabulary is going to disappear and our grandkids will laugh at us <laughs> when we had these things called apps, right? <laughs> <laughs> Related to that, slightly related to that, um, Aditya from the Voice2 WhatsApp community. Hey, Dave. Uh, uh, this is Eddie here from Versa. 
what I want to understand is how do two competing brands uh, you know how, how do you guys differentiate between two competing brands uh, on which one should be the first uh, answer when someone asks for uh, you know uh, related uh, question related to those particular brands this could be A and B so how do you guys decide which which answer to go with first as compared, you know, and which one to go with uh, the second one? Thank you. It's a kind of follow-up question is, will kind of voice SEO become a thing? Well, I think SEO will always be a thing whenever you have CMO involved, right? Um, it, it, the way that it's done today I mean, it's, it's more complex than this, but the way to think about it is it's based on customer feedback, engagement, and enablement. So how many people are enabling that skill? How often is it being enabled? You know, was it like we got a whole bunch of them on one day because there was some promo and then nobody's enabling it anymore, right? What's the daily kind of numbers of these things over time? How engaged are people? Did they run it once and then it just kind of fell off? What do the reviews look like? How high are the reviews? That stuff's naturally going to bubble up to the top because Amazon is a customer-centric company. And so if we're going to pick something and suggest something, it's going to be based on what our customers have actually said. And so then the next question obviously is going to be, well, how do I do that if I'm just starting? And it's like, if you've got customers and you're a well-known brand, you need to let your customers know that you now have that. And just like any other um, area where it's come out, you know, if it's a, it's a, we went through again, dust off the old docs. You went through this with an app, you know, you had your, you had existing customers on your website. Suddenly you had your mobile app, your customers are going to come and they're going to review that. Uh, and then over time, because really what, what, when people ask that question, what they're getting at is new customer acquisition, right? Because it's mm -hmm. like, okay, well, if my customers are already interacting with me and they don't use the Alexa skill, okay. But if, if I can increase their engagement, that's an entirely different thing, right? And so new customer acquisition, what I always tell people is don't look at voice as your center for your new customer acquisition. I mean, right now, and look at social media. Um, I mean, that's where people are putting money and influencers and everything. I mean, there's a lot of new customer acquisition there. Um, but you know your customer. Like if, you're, if your customer is not the kind of, you know, 18 to 34-year-old, how do you acquire them? And maybe it is an Alexa skill, right? And so um, it's going to differentiate between brands on there. But it really is it, – it's uh, there is no SEO. Like there's no uh, sorting factor. It's all based on enablements, reviews, and engagements today. So it sounds like all you have to do is build a good skill. That's the first step. Yeah, I mean, that's the net net of it. Um, but that can be, it's not, there's no easy path to there. And by the way, this is why I said this in 2014. Do something now because there's just like everything else. It's always good to be first. But if you were first and you stunk, then you're going to get replaced pretty quickly, right? And by the way, you see this across everything. I mean, you know how hard it is to get in the top 10 in, uh, you know, the Apple App Store and, and things like that, right? It's, it's, you have to have a really good quality doing something interesting where customers are really engaged with that. Um, so it's not just an Amazon space. It's the way you need to think about engaging with your customers across all tech. If you're going to go in an automobile, whether it's on Alexa or not, what are you giving people in the automobile that's different? Right. Is it super unique um, for your brand? Is it like, uh, let me think, I was just doing one with automobile the other day. Like imagine I am a, um, 
I, I can't use any names here, but this is this is something because all the automobile restaurants to me are like silly. I'll find where a place to eat. Like you don't know what you want to eat when you're in the car already. But in the U.S., like people are really big on gas and gas prices, right? So what if you are a, a hospitality um, industry, right? So you know travel and everything. But when I'm in my car, you tell me where the cheapest gas is. You're going to get new customers with that, right? <laughs> and it may not be a space you're in, but and that may not work on mobile, because right? But if I'm driving and it's like, hey, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to name any hotels or hospitality brands. says, uh, you just passed in your hometown. You probably didn't know about. This is the cheapest place to get gas in your hometown right now. That's valuable. And so, you know, it's the same thing. I mean, you guys are in content creation, so you know this. It's never about the likes and the numbers. It's about are you providing value? If people find value in what you're doing, you just continue to do that and you double down on that area and then they'll come. And then mm. they find a whole back catalog of everything you've done. And it's like, oh, wow. Mm. Fantastic. One final question from our listeners this is from gavin fletcher of the uma team and we've had uma on the podcast as well the enterprise uh, digital assistant and his question is around not surprisingly uh, alexa in the enterprise and alexa for business mm-hmm. um specifically asking whether or not you've got any insights on when we'll see alexa for business over this side of the pond over in the uk uh, even if I did, I wouldn't be able to say, <laughs> as you know, so. uh, and, and obviously we, yeah, we want it to, uh, we want it to be everywhere for everybody. Uh, but again, it's not a, it's not a string replace. It needs to be done well. Fantastic. Well, I think that was a pretty decent little segment that there. Thank you. Yeah, I enjoyed that. That was awesome. Yeah, little dial in radio. Yeah, that was good. So thank you for everyone for sending your questions. That was immense. Dustin, any final thoughts or any final questions for Dave? No, Dave, this was fantastic. Thanks so much for coming on and speaking with us. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Sorry it took so long and uh, been a fan of the show for a while and, and you guys are doing awesome work. Keep it up. Thanks so much. Thanks. Yeah, it's been, it's been, it's, it's nice to do it at this point, I think, because we were able to tread new ground, I think, and we've got a lot of, re- I mean, you've shared a whole lot of really interesting insights there, which I think, you know, everyone who's listening will, will really, really appreciate. Where can people, I mean, you've mentioned a few things and we'll put some links in there to all the other yeah. podcasts you've been on recently, the uh, Alexa links to the, hopefully I'll find the AWS plugin for WordPress you mentioned, the voice, uh, user voice for the requests. I'll yeah. put your Twitter uh, handle and things like that on there. Is there anything else in particular that you want to send you, people to, to, to kind of follow the work that you're doing or... I'll check out Alexa. Uh, yeah, it's just a vanity URL. So it's the Dave Dev, D-E-V.com. And then that'll link to the Twitter, my LinkedIn, the podcast, anything else. Uh, it's got an email, um, all the ways to contact me. Uh, just one URL. Fantastic. Dave, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been absolutely immense. Cheers. Enjoyed it. That was Dave Izbitsky. Chief Evangelist at Amazon Alexa. Wow, digest that for a moment. (laughs) Absolutely inspirational conversation. Thank you, Dave, so much for joining us. It has been a long time coming. We, I think, I can't remember when we originally spoke, but it was months and months back. Um, And we've been on and off, penciling in and, and trying to get this thing sorted. And I'm absolutely over the moon that we did it. Full of bags of insights there for everybody, whether or not you are a brand, you work within a company and you're looking to either convince the powers that be to invest in voice, whether you are the powers that be and you're looking for a place to start and how to go about it. I think there was bags of insights 
insights in there. I really love what Dave was saying about starting with a short-term plan, but think about the long-term vision, almost having two plans, one about the long-term, one about the short-term. I think that is something that absolutely everybody can take on board. Many of you are probably doing that already, but that was a real good learning uh, piece of learning for me there uh, from Dave. So, uh, yeah, again, and I think whether you're an agency as well, I think there's a lot of stuff in there that will help you kind of explain things and sell things a little bit more to, to your potential clients. If you can understand the way that Amazon are advising people, the way that Amazon are approaching it, and the way that Amazon are looking at voice and the way they see it panning out in the future, it gives you a load of ammunition and, uh, and a place to start when you're having these conversations fantastic episode thank you Dave so much for joining us thank you all again for submitting your questions to Dave I think that was a really really good piece it was a really nice ending to the episode there so thank you so much for getting involved I really genuinely mean that I'm hoping to do that more often uh, with future episodes thank you David as always thank you Dustin as always and as always boys and girls thank you all for listening until next time see you later <laughs>